Hello Team Builder. Thank you so much for joining us today on Ask Michelle and Chris. We're here to answer your questions about team building so we can learn and grow together. I'm your host, Chris Cabert of Fun Doing and On Team Building. I'm joined by my co-host, Michelle Cummings of Training Wheels. Let's go find out what we can answer for you today. Hi, Chris. How are you today? Good. I'm glad you remembered. I'm doing well, Michelle. I'm doing pretty good. I think I'm I'm getting ready to be more outside, mm-hmm. more outside. I'm, I'm missing outside connection with people, I think. Yeah, I've been outside, but not around a lot of people. How about you? How are you today? I'm doing doing good. Yeah, yeah. it's been uh, it's been a kind of a fun couple weeks the last few weeks and now that it's getting nicer outside, I've been spending more time outside and it's just been that feeds my soul. I love being outside. Yeah, when I got here today, I saw you out in the backyard doing your gardening and raking and that's fun. Some people really I'm guessing you enjoy doing that. I do. I'm a farm kid from Kansas who Outside was just where we lived. Nice, nice. You know, and so now that I'm a grown up, quote unquote, now I still really enjoy that. It Good. helps feed me. Yeah. So. And, and I saw asparagus. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever seen asparagus in the wild. I'm trying to think back. <laughs> Very interesting. Like one thing comes up. I'm like, okay, how long? How? Tell me how long it took for you to get a family size <laughs> group of asparagus. <laughs> What would you say? <laughs> like years though, right? It does. Yeah. Asparagus, it takes three years before you get your first cutting. Yeah. And then, every, but asparagus plants live for 40 years. Okay. So the first few years, you don't get as many asparagus stalks at a time. Yeah. But over time, then eventually we'll have multiple come up all at one time. Yeah. I can't believe we're talking about asparagus. <laughs> what, what, why this came to mind is is such an incredible metaphor, though. I'm going to call it the asparagus metaphor. Ooh, all right. Right? Planting seeds as team builders, we hardly ever get to know how they sprout. Mm-hmm. Right? That's Look true. at that metaphor, the asparagus metaphor. It takes a while before you can get some results. We don't know, you know, over time um, what will happen. Mm-hmm. But we plant the seeds. I coined a new term. There you go. Asparagus metaphor. <laughs> what are we talking about today? What's our question? Yeah. What, are, what are we going to do? Well, today, so in our last episode, we talked about the what, so what, now what model for processing and debriefing. And we highlighted briefly the open to outcome model that was, you know, that Micah Jacobson and Mari Ruddy came up with in their book titled Open to Outcome. They came up with a five question model for processing and debriefing that if you always asked these five questions kind of in a specific order, then you would naturally kind of walk your group through the what, so what, now what process, but they were five specific questions. And I've experimented with it a little bit, but I know you, Chris, have 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 really played around with it a lot more. And there's also the first edition five questions, and then there's the second edition. They kind of tweaked the questions a little bit in their second edition of the book. So today the question is, can you go more in depth on the open to outcome five question model for processing and debriefing? So I'm going to punt to you on this one um, and kind of let you start and share with us how you use it, and uh, and kind of what your experience has been with the new five-question model. Good. I love it. That's a great question. Good follow-up. 
I really enjoyed how you overlapped the two in the last episode. And now we can use this. I use it as a different kind of processing model. It's It has some of the same components as, as the what, so what, now what, as you mentioned before. As soon as I got a hold of this model in the first edition, I really felt it was an empathy building type of Ooh. question process where they don't, the authors don't necessarily say this is what it's for. It's a processing model to use and learn for, for pretty much new facilitators. They created this model based on the training they do with high school and middle schools, where the book, both books, both editions, help the reader design training sessions to teach this model. So they would train juniors and seniors in high schools, for example. And then these leaders and mentors, they would work with sophomores and freshmen and then use this was their particular processing model. There was some consistency across the board with all the groups that were in the high schools. So again, as the example, the students was something easy for them to remember. They might've had a little, I use, I provide little cue cards for my uh, trainees. And it's a, just a, it's a nice, smooth, remember last week when you talked about using your fingers on your leg to mm -hmm. remind you where you were and that what, so what, now what, you could do the same kind of little prompt for you, even though there's five. I think I mentioned that I like three, but going to five, I think I got this one down <laughs> now that I've done this so many times. I use it particularly, like I said, to build empathy. That's the purpose for me with this model. It can have other purposes for anybody that use it, but if I'm building empathy, this is the model that I use. Okay. Well, can you can you give us? Do you have a specific example that maybe you could use on how you've used this to build empathy? Yeah. Because I'm very curious. Because I don't know. I think this feels like a little bit of a newer twist on it that maybe I would like to start experimenting with as well. So, that first question, that that first iteration or the first edition, it's did you notice something? So you're asking the group, did you notice something? I would say as a facilitator, did you notice the leadership style in this group? They might then come back and say to me, oh, yeah, yeah, I noticed this about the leadership style. Uh, I noticed this kind of leadership style. So they might have different responses. Did you? So I'm asking them, did they notice something particular? The, another way that I do it with that, First question is, depending on the group I'm working with, I might ask, I noticed this. I noticed this leadership style of the leader giving directions to other people. Did anybody notice that? And the, yes, no. If everybody says no, the idea of this model is you don't follow that trail. If nobody mm -hmm. noticed it, there's nothing to talk about. Mm -hmm. And you might say again, um, did you notice this about the leader? Did you notice the leader was always in the center of the group? Oh, yeah, yeah, we did notice that. So-and-so was in the center. We were around them, listening to them. Cool. And then that second question is, why do you think that happened? This is where I like the empathy part about this. Some people don't like to ask why questions. They say never ask a why question. It might be too confrontive. Hmm. Why did you do that? You know, that kind of right. tone where to me, why do you think that happened 
gets people to think of the possible reasons for that behavior. Mm-hmm. And I, I tend to focus now on target behaviors as my outcomes, because that's what our people are looking for certain outcomes. They often will give us concepts of, we want stronger leadership. Mm-hmm. Well, what are the outcomes or behaviors of leadership that I can target with activities? And then we practice those behaviors. So if we ask, why do you think that happened? Then I can think of, oh, well, maybe this or maybe that, or maybe they didn't eat breakfast this morning and a little ornery, or maybe they're used to being around groups of people that never talk. So they want to be in the center and they want to give a strong leadership so that people can move on. We get different opinions of why something could happen, why a behavior could come up. Yeah. I think the why also starts getting to pe- getting people to think about the intent behind the behavior. So why did this happen? And and I heard something recently around we judge other people by their impact of their behaviors and we judge ourselves on our intent. So we know why we did something because we we have all the internal processing behind it but we judge other people by the impact of how their behaviors showed up. So I think the why question there is is really good because it does. It helps people to start thinking about, well, what was the intent there? Good. All right. Yeah. And and now it can connect to that social emotional learning mm. of social awareness. When we work on I mean, we have personal awareness, personal management, social awareness is now trying to understand other people's ways of being and, and the way. So if we can build that skill in our brain of saying, okay, hold on. My first reaction is, what the heck are they doing? Let's change that a little bit and say, you know, why might they be doing it? Let's get some empathy. That's, this is how I see this going mm-hmm. is helping people build that skill of thinking of other possibilities. So let's review. Did you notice? So you could ask, did you notice this? Or you could ask, what did you notice to the group? Mm -hmm. And then whatever that comes to mind, that's at the forefront. So now we could work with that. Second question, why do you think that happened? Build the empathy could be a good thing. It happened because this was a good thing to do or this was a positive. Could be maybe not so good in some people's mind. Then our third question, does this happen in your life? We're, we're focusing, first two questions are focusing in the moment. Now we want to transition into how do we bring this information or this tool into our everyday life? Does this happen in life? And, and this is a closed-ended question. Here's another one of those things where people say, don't ever ask a closed-ended question. <laughs> you know, you can mm-hmm. use it to your advantage. So this is, yeah, it, it does happen in life. Then we jump right to the fourth question, which is new in the second edition. New is, give us an anchor, give us an example. Who in your life did you know that happened to? What happened in life? That, that's a story. Where did it happen? When? Why? So with those choices now, we're looking to find people with stories of those things that happened outside of their program. So they're thinking back of other experiences that it did happen. Do you remember what the fourth question was in the first edition? Why do you think that happened? So it repeated the second question. So now we're expanding. We want to do 
um, the authors wanted to give a little more concrete example before they got into the fifth question. So we want to get examples. We want to talk about things and tell stories, get the participants to talk about the connection between what they just did, what's happened. And then the fifth question goes into what will you do now? Now that we have this information, remember what the fifth question was in the first edition? How will we use this information? So, and I think Michelle, you and I both still use that and we kind of expand on it, but this, this fifth question is that action step. What will you do now? Mm. Let's write it down. Let's see how we want to change the behavior. Let's see what we want to do differently as we go. What do you want to do with this information? Still meets that same end of, we've got all this data. We experience something. We have stories in our life. What are we going to do different now? Are all these stories telling us something? Are, you know, are we learning from these stories? What can we learn from these stories? What did you learn from these stories? What are the generalizations we have in our life? And are those good? Or do we want to change them? Like the what, so what, now what model? Now what do we do? So mm-hmm. that comes right back into that three-step model as well. Mm-hmm. To summarize, the first edition five questions were... and. To, truth be told, these are the ones that I still, I memorized them. They're still the ones I use. And I, <laughs> I'm a slow adopter when it comes to, or slower to change. How about that? I'm slower to change when I've already learned something one way to change to this new way. Sometimes I will always fall back to the original. But the original, the first edition questions were, did you notice? Why do you think that happened? Does that happen in the real world? Why do you think that happens? And how can we use this information? So those are the five original questions. And the new model, very close, but we're just, I think the intent was making it a little bit richer. Uh, Did you notice? And I like to say, did you notice? Or I might say, I noticed this. So I I believe both ways are okay. Mm -hmm. We as facilitators can say, based on an objective or outcome, hey, I noticed this. And then transition to, did you notice that first question? Second question, why did that happen? Building empathy. This is my reasoning is we're building empathy, not accusing or putting anyone down. Third question, does that happen in life? And then we want to jump. If we're saying, yeah, you know, most people will say, yeah, it happens. Fourth question is giving examples. Who did it happen to? What actually happened? Where did it happen? When did it happen? And why do you think that happened? So they still have the why in there, but they expanded on that to give uh, more choices of examples. And then we, f- we, we finalize it with what will you do now? Remember, now what? Same part. Yep. We want to take our experience and transfer it to the future. So that's a great model that fits into the experiential learning cycle, fits into the what, so what, now what. But to me, focus completely in my reasoning for using it is to build empathy for behaviors that we might not clearly understand in the moment. I like it. I think it's really nice. I think this the just the five question model in general is great for new facilitators. You know, like the intent originally was to teach high schoolers who probably didn't have a lot of experience with training in experiential methods. So to teach them this five question model, they knew that then whatever groups that that those students were facilitating, that they would still be able to walk groups naturally through the what, so what, now what, but in a really concentrated five question model. So it's great for beginners, but also, I mean, I use this and I've been facilitating for many years now 
And it's just, it's good. It really is. It's one of those that I don't use it all the time, but man, when I pull it out and use it, I'm like, oh, I liked that. That was, that really, it got to the outcome that I was looking for in that particular debrief as well. And it's one of the models that I still use. I don't use a lot of particular models, but it's very easy to remember and understand. has a particular purpose for me. And I do have to give kudos about the book. It's an easy read. It's a quick read. And it's very, very instructional. Mm-hmm. It's step-by-step going through each of the points and why and how you would teach it to other people and how you practice. So it's one of the ones... It's one of the books I highly recommend to new facilitators and to anyone wanting to learn how to process an experience with their group. Thanks so much for listening. If you have additional answers or comments about this question, please send them our way. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, we would love to hear it. You can find the submission link and anything we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Find the show notes and past episodes at onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. That's onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. You can find me and sign up for my newsletter at training-wheels.com. You can sign up for my Fun Doing Fridays activity email and find me at onteambuilding.com. We hope you join us next week for... Ask Michelle and Chris about team building.